You are listening to Think Theory Radio. 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 Hello and welcome to Think Theory Radio, the show that brings you topics outside the mainstream realm of thought and ideas to make you think. I'm Damien Perdue, your host, and of course, I'm joined by Mr. Paul Shivari. Yo, yo, yo. A.K.A. Pauly C. Yo. Sorry, man. I'm all twisted around that the creator of Dilbert's like a racist. I, didn't, <laughs> just, I did not see that one coming. That just blindsided me. I don't know. It didn't really surprise me just because of the way the character looks. It looks kind of like hey, a let's, little... Let's not get into that. <laughs> okay. Be the better man. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> No judging comic book characters. True, true, true. I shouldn't do that. It doesn't tie into the show at all. So. Not at all. Sorry. <laughs> I know you're in shock. Though. I get, I, it. I, I, get I, it. I get. I can. I can recover. I can. Yeah. Now that I got that off my chest, I think mm-hmm. I can. I can press forward. Yes. I mean, don't get into like Walt Disney and his whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. See, uh, cartoonist, not go down that man. Road. Yeah. I'm going to be heartbroken if I found out that, like, Charles Schultz was, like, part of some sort of, like, uh, you know, hooded uh, group or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, wasn't it? Um, well, Dr. Seuss used to do. Was it Dr. Seuss? What, was who it, used well, to do cartoons like, for, like, anti-Japanese stuff in the during World War II or something. I forget. A, it was yeah, something that's like such that. a gray area, though. Well, Any, anything that happened in the World War II era, you know, you're for clearly sure, going to sure. see some nationalistic type of, type yeah. of stuff. But... Yeah, and we can move on. I thought sure. Dr. Seuss just did, like, opium on a boat, and that was his deal. I, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a cool one. I, I got to look into isn't that Isn't that the one. story? Yeah. I didn't know that one. Uh, something along All right. those lines, yeah. We'll or, like, uh, drinking, like, uh, absinthe or something. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to do a... I'll uh, look it up. I'm talking out of school here. Cartoonists Let's, and drugs yeah, car- episode. And, and <laughs> their wacky opinions. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's not what we're talking about today, people, because today it's time for... Oh, jeez, you're throwing me... And... Yep, it's been a while since we did some weird science and tales to astonish. Uh, so it's... Yeah, it's been about like six weeks, so I've been able to uh, amass... A bunch. Curate. Curate. <laughs> Catalog. <laughs> Archive. Uh, and of course, there's always just weird stuff. I feel like it's just we're just in an era of like the, the weirdest science ever. Like it's just, okay. I don't think there's That's ever. what's going on yes. here. You're just saying I mean, in just general, in general, like yeah. in this era that we live yeah, in. We're always learning new things. Information is, you know, traveling at the speed of light these days. So. And it's kind of like we're in an era where everything that was shown in sci-fi is now possible. Or at least a lot of it is you, now yeah, possible. Like the, the watch phone and the, mm-hmm. yeah, the hover yeah. cars and yeah. Yeah. The AI. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which I do have stories of. I have uh, terraforming Mars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what about using? Uh, oh, I have plenty of laser stories. Today. Laser stories. So laser is always good, right? Everybody gonna, loves a laser. I was trying to incorporate like the thing into it. Sorry, what's what's up with the lasers? <laughs> I know there's an episode <laughs> like of dogs uh, in Antarctica taking yeah, out scientists. Right. Yeah. 
There was an episode of Parks and Rec where Andy was like trying to go to school and he was he was going through the classes and one was like on lasers. And he was like, yeah, lasers. And he goes in and the guy's talking, but it's all theoretical principles, yeah, you yeah. know. And he goes, uh, excuse me, uh, Professor, so when do we get to play with the lasers? <laughs> he thinks it's going to be like Star Wars right. up in there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the first laser story, though, is – and this is kind of like – it's a cool laser story, but also – It's not like Pink Floyd at the Planetarium. Cooler than that? Uh, kind of in a way. Okay. Now, if you could combine this story with the rock concert, yeah. man, you're talking about special effects to like the nth degree. Okay. Because this one, scientists controlled lightning with lasers. Ooh. So imagine that laser just you at a concert and laser shooting up and then all of a sudden lightning just could have done this on the 35th anniversary of Ride the Lightning but I think we got to wait until the 40th mm. now. Okay. So some <laughs> just speed, more years. speed metal and well, I mean, if you know the power well, of Well by then you know, and, yeah. yeah. And by then so I don't know we're going to celebrate what we're yeah, doing with yeah. lasers. I'm saying if we're going to if we're going to do lasers and lightning <laughs> so do yeah Ride the Lightning Metallica mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. I don't know what year that came out. I'm guessing it was 1986. Somewhere around there, for sure. Um, But yeah, so the first time in history, scientists have used lasers to harness lightning bolts and actually guide them into new trajectories, um, which I guess is could lead to uh, summer of 84. So next year, 35th anniversary or 40th anniversary, 40th anniversary. So we'll do it. Let's get on this. Yeah, we'll find some more laser and lightning stories by then. (laughs) Who knows? By then, these lasers will just be shooting up into the sky every day. <laughs> I guess uh, supposedly it could use the, the the theory is to use it to create protection from dangerous lightning strikes. So they'd be able to manipulate it and move the, la- the, gotcha, the lightning yeah. and just like shoot at China instead, kick, kick it off the grid or whatever, <laughs> send it send it to the yeah. next town over. Just start, you know, because that's what's pretty much going to be where we're headed is uh, weather warfare. You know, there's okay. going to be like light and just controlling. Oh, I thought you were talking about like accidental laser <laughs> bombings or something. Well, that too, probably. But you'd have to like, that'd have to bounce off of, so, you know, because like, you can't get a laser to go All around the, the circumference world. of the, the earth. It's got to bounce Right. You'd have, yeah. Well, they got satellites, yeah. mirrors, yeah. you know. That's what I'm saying. But that'd be deliberate at that point. <laughs> but see, with this, you don't <laughs> you need, need that. that. Because <laughs> you just shoot a laser and you guide the lightning to hit wherever you want to mm-hmm. hit, you know? And then who knows if you can, if they'll be able to control it and make the lightning even stronger and just blow up a whole building. All right, I'm getting too, <laughs> too crazy with it. But but it does kind of go into like a conspiracy theory fringe territory because that's one of the main things is that, you know, the U- U.S. government controls the weather. Harp, man. Right. Um, so this is kind of, you know. It's uh, it's leading into there a little bit, but I guess the uh, the idea of diverting lightning with lasers goes back decades. But this is the first time it's actually been able to be done in the field. Um, so, and this was in uh, Switzerland's Santis or Santis Santis Mountain in the summer of twenty twenty one, and scientists led by. Aureline Howard, or Hoard, a researcher at Ensta, Paris, at the Ecole Polytechnique, provide the first field result that experimentally demonstrates lightning guided by lasers, which represents an important step forward in the development of laser-based lightning protection for airports, launch pads, or large infrastructures. Or uh, 
uh, jacked up despots, and uh, I'm trying to, you know, like, and it gets into the wrong hands, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you talk right. about all the useful uh, things that it could do, but it's just like, you know, that technology could easily be abused, That's right? what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. You know? Because you know, like, come on, DARPA or the... Department of Defense is already sorry DARPA yeah. for those mm-hmm. of you playing at home. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the DOD, they're probably here. Oh wait, uh, how can we use this? <laughs> um, the findings suggest that laser-based lightning rods could potentially protect infrastructure over a half mile radius, and even at elevations of several hundred meters. Um. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Controlling the night sky with lasers. I mean, it totally sounds like like Pink Floyd laser show with lightning. That that got me thinking about how I, I guess you can shine a laser. I don't know if like the average person, but they can shine a laser on the moon, and the reflector off the the lunar module will shine it back on them. And they actually did this to test the actual distance between the Earth and the moon. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Like I. Looked it up because I was like, I, I could have sworn you could shine a laser at the moon and reflect back at you, but it's like, I don't know if that was something that I just heard or yeah. you know if that was real. Yeah, and, like, yeah. yeah like a up. real high powered one. Yeah, not like the little laser. Yeah, you know, not, yeah, you can't. Yeah, not just you standing <laughs> in the backyard with like the little laser pointer. Yeah. Although if you use those, and uh, when I was down in Mexico, then it was like really clear sky and dark, and you see the stars, and you point up at it, it looks like you can, you're like touching the stars in a way oh wow because you don't see where it ends and you're kind of our guide was like showing us the constellations and he's like see and he's like lining it it was like watching like a like a professor on a school board you know like on the backboard kind of showing you that you know but you could actually see like the end of the laser like no it just kept going so it looks like you can see the actual like the the illusion of it's like it's it's hitting the stars almost you know obviously it's not uh, enough moisture in the air where you saw the direction of the the laser or something yeah exactly it just went straight up and so it looked like he was touching the stars yeah it was kind of crazy that's cool (laughs) it might have been the mushrooms i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> None of that even really happened. You were just watching Star Wars right. and fell asleep, man. Right. So we could stick in the atmosphere. This is another laser story. I do have some more laser stories, but um, since we're talking about lightning, we'll stay in the in the atmosphere. Okay. And a new study that shows the uh, self cleaning of marine atmosphere, and basically scientists have known that the atmosphere is. Generally self-cleaning, it has that ability. Um, but this new study from uh, the University of York has shown a process that increases the ability of the marine atmosphere to self-cleanse. And using a combination of aircraft and ground-based observations, scientists were able to confirm the widespread presence of nitrous acid in the remote Atlantic troposphere formed by so-called renoxification whereby photolysis of aerosol nitrate returns nitrogen oxides and uh, nitrous acid to the marine atmosphere. Scientists say the findings published in Science Advances could be highly significant for atmospheric chemistry and largely reconcile widespread uncertainty on the importance of renoxification. Renoxification. Sorry, that sounds just so... I don't know. Metal? Yeah, metal. Brutal. Yeah. I have another story that's very metal. Prepare for your renoxification. Very metal. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds kind of dystopian, (laughs) though, like some authoritarian government. Have you been, uh, have you, have you been renoxified? (laughs) 
get his brain into renoxification. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what's renoxification? I, I already, <laughs> I already forgot. Oh, it's uh, it's the photolysis of aerosol nitrate. It's when that uh, aerosol nitrate returns to nitrogen oxides. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Basically, you renoxify us, man. Come on, <laughs> that's all it is. Um, but basically, this is something that could help with you know climate change and figuring out how to create the atmosphere to um, clean itself even better. So it could help us with all the pollution that's floating up and about. I don't know if it's going to help get rid of all the uh, unidentified flying objects. Yeah. There, but, you know. Maybe some, like, microplastics yeah. or something. Yeah. Or, right. yeah, who knows? <laughs> I know. Who knows what that's going to... And it's more of, uh, in, in a way, it's another story of scientists manipulating <laughs> the atmosphere. <laughs> Which, of course, they always say it's for good. Circles back to what you were saying at the beginning, that it's going to be mm-hmm. more like weather warfare. Right. It's like they say it's for good, but, you know, it's that money gets flashed. Who knows where it's going to go? <laughs> um, hmm. Where should I go from here? I want to what? Do you have anything that has to do with... Um like evil super geniuses or super villains or something. I, I'm just thinking, you got me thinking of like, oh, if something gets, gets into the wrong hands, it's like, how about some mm. crazy rich guys? You got anything that crazy rich guys could take advantage of and use for uh, evil? That seems kind be, of. That seems to be the thread that we're on right now. Um, yes, kind of. Okay. Is there... Uh, the World Economic Forum, you know, okay. that's another one we could probably add to the drinking game. Yeah, wait, because isn't that where, like, all the, the uh, elite... Yeah, to, and to, Davos, yeah. Switzerland, yep. all the... Yeah. Yeah, it's leaders and rich people and, you know, the, all the big tech people. The and, Pentaveret. And the yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. <laughs> the colonel, the queen. <laughs> Uh, the new report that they put out, though, says uh, business leaders believe a ca- catastrophic cyber event is coming within two years. Catastrophic cyber event. Now, mm-hmm. are we talking about, like, something getting hacked? They're talking about, like, a or, catastrophic. Or something, like, something got hacked that was securing something? Or Well, that happens every day. I mean, that's going on every day. People are getting Something uh, that got hacked. hacked that was securing something that was protecting us from destruction. Yeah. I mean, I think they're talking about like a uh, something worldwide. That, sorry, I feel like I'm building here. Okay. Yeah. World, <laughs> worldwide. Catas- like, you ever see Dr. Strangelove? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, the doomsday machine got set off automatically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's and in this like that. one, it just shuts down the grid. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, but when the grid gets shut down, people won't be able to go on TikTok, and then they're just going to go crazy. <laughs> Which will lead to a mass panic right. event. I can't see how many likes I have on Facebook. <laughs> of course, there are other things, you know, people's bank accounts. I mean, everything is digital now. That's so what I'm any saying. Kind elaborate of cyber elaborate on what exactly you're talking about with like a, a catastrophic. Yeah. So I'm thinking like when you talk about cr- catastrophic, like this is going to be loss of human life if it's catastrophic. Well, not it could. Like, I mean, the way that like, we're so right, tied into the grid. Everyone that's ever banked with, uh, you know, bank one is going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone that's ever banked with fifth third is going to. Well, it doesn't say specifically. Anyone that shopped at a Walmart. 
Uh, basically, um, it just it just says that ninety three percent of cyber leaders and eighty eighty six percent of cyber business leaders believe that this the geopolitical instability makes a catastrophic cyber event likely in the next two years. Um, and did crypto have to crash before they came up with this mm. or after? They came? <laughs> We didn't see it coming. Yeah. Well, I guess like Albania just had a massive cyber attack. Okay. Um, said that uh, the the cr- cyber crime industry has grown from three trillion in 2015, and it's expected to be 10.5 trillion in 2025. And and basically, that if cyber crime was a state. Or a nation, it would be the third largest global economy after the U.S. and China. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, Got to compete somehow, you know. <laughs> Got to hustle, man. Got to hustle. <laughs> There's Nigerian princes that we're related to that need to make yeah. sure that you get the inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a quote from uh, Eddie Rama, Albania's prime minister. Let's imagine an exponential multitude of viruses that mutate every day exponentially while not threatening our body, but the bodies we live in, our organizations, our countries, our system. Then, you know, it could be just apocalypse. It's about viruses that can not only block our way of living, but control it and deviate it. So I guess if that's kind of a description, because I think they're talking about a major worldwide like grid shut down, and that's that's what I was wondering. It's like or ransom, you know, like, something like that, where yeah, yeah, the everyone's credit card gets hacked, or yep. uh, uh, train, you know, like the train. But I think it's like everything at power once. grid shuts down, and you're saying everything at once. Okay, well, okay. that's just me assuming, speculating, yeah. you know, because if I'm thinking cyber, I mean, they keep saying catastrophic. Um, See, and I'm thinking like a loss of human life thing when you say that versus like oh, everyone's power was out around. The well, world, I mean, know, it like would three, be. Three, I mean, yes, it would. You know, eventually power yeah. being out could affect people's lives. I get that. But I was thinking of more like, um, you know, the the levees broke or whatever. Or the you know, well, like imagine the, the, if they somehow hacked like uh, radar systems and mm-hmm. you have. How many how many planes are All in the, the air? Yeah, yeah. At one time. time, yeah. Whereas like you they're know. getting out the pen and paper at O'Hare Airport, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be that'd be a disaster. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much like you know uh, the planes or I mean, if you think about your car and how much of it is a computer, mm-hmm. they can literally use devices to shut down your car while it's driving. Okay, if they want you know using kind of different uh, radio frequencies or hacking into the computer. So imagine if that's like that with planes or just anything else. I mean, they could hack in and launch missiles. Who knows? I want to say what pre-pandemic. Do you remember there was I think it was like an Airbus or a Boeing. It was a Boeing, like a Boeing 737 that was having like computer issues that was causing it to like drop out of the sky. Do you remember Mm, this? No, no, no. You don't remember this? No. Oh, yeah. There was like they had to ground the the thing because it was like some sort of um, I want to say it was like a 737 of some sort had like a computer glitch or something where it was like okay. causing people to crash essentially. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. It, I kind of yeah. remember that now. It was, it was like back. right before the pandemic. I remember mm-hmm. this being a story. And then, of course, we yeah. p- we pivoted. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that now. Yeah, it was a specific kind of plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had to like recall them all or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. All right. Well, hey, speaking of planes, I do have a plane story. That also fits into the drinking game. Not like a plain old story. It's about an, an, an aeroplane. <laughs> yes. An, air, an aerial device. 
uh, when we after we take this break. More on Think Theory Radio. to Think Theory Radio, and uh, yeah, we were just talking about uh, the lovely prospect of a catastrophic cyber event and planes just falling out of the sky, and but also air, controlling Paul's, lightning, controlling the atmosphere. Paul's fascination with the Airbus A380. Yeah. Leads us all to airplanes, because it's... Oh, jeez, you're just doing this. <laughs> and also... Tales to astonish. Yeah, and since I uh, figured, you know, that was kind of a, a horror story about planes, you can, this is a little, little lighter, um, but it also, if you're playing the drinking, the Think Theory Radio drinking game, it, it involves DARPA. For those of you playing at home. And they basically uh, took a big step forward on making an X-plane that maneuvers with air bursts. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so instead of the traditional aerialons or other mechanical devices and the little, you know, the flips and flaps that the pilots have to use to... And the rudders. Mm-hmm. Right, the yeah. rudders, yeah. exactly, to uh, move the plane. They're actually... Air bursts. They're creating this thing that's going to be... That'll, that it's, it's supposed to be more energy efficient. Um, and I guess we'll... It's, you, you can fly the plane. It's more maneuverable. And it basically, essentially, it's using the wind itself. It's using the air itself. And it's not pushing the, the, the plane. It's not doing anything. It's not like a, like a spaceship uses the thrusts to kind of maneuver itself. This is described more as using the air as like a speed bump hmm. in which the wing would hit it and then move. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking it was like more like airplane farts or something. Right, right. <laughs> that would be more like a like a spaceship where yeah, you use yeah. a psh, psh, yeah. psh, psh, kind of moves it around. But no, this <laughs> is actually going to use the uh, the air itself and uh, control the plane's roll, pitch, and yaw for those pilots out there. So that's pretty cool. We'll see where that goes. I don't know how long that'll be till it's. I'm sure it'll be uh, in military stuff for a while. Uh, <laughs> I guess in uh, 2015, it says in 2015, NASA and Boeing teamed up successfully to fly a 757 aircraft modified with a vertical tail that used active flow. This was, it's called active flow control technology uh, for increased aerodynamic efficiency. Although no one has tried to control an entire airplane using this tech. So this will be the new, um, the new one. And uh, Aurora is the company they're working with, Aurora Flight Sciences. So we'll see yeah. where that goes. Yeah. You know, might be the future of air travel. <laughs> now that's, you know, that's that's a good little story, cool tech. Yeah, but that's, this a, is, that's, that's a tale to astonish. Yeah, but this is weird science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about science? And this is another example of scientists not getting the right... Uh, you know, plot of sci-fi movies okay. <laughs> and thinking things are good ideas from well, sci-fi it's movies. It's like AI. Like, exactly. You know, like, right. yeah, we should create AI. They're mm-hmm. not going to destroy humanity. It's right. like every story, every story <laughs> ends in that. <laughs> so in this one, scientists made a liquid metal robot 
Oh, no. That can escape a cage oh, no. like the Terminator. Oh, no. <laughs> the liquid Terminator. <laughs> uh, yep. The scientists have created robots that can shapeshift between solid and liquid states, enabling them to perform mind-boggling feats uh, like jumping, climbing, and even oozing out of a cage like the T-1000. <laughs> Uh, the shape and movements of the machines are controlled by magnetic fields, which uh, is an approach that may lead to new biomedical and engineering technologies, such as targeted drug delivery, circuit assembly, or the creation of universal screws. That's what we need, universal screws. Why the screws are always all different? Yeah. You know? It's because of the screw industry, the big screw. They try to keep us buying different screws, man. But like <laughs> Phillips head, flathead, right. Torx wrench. I yeah. don't even know anymore. Man. Right. <laughs> they're controlling it. Because um, they're uh, soft robots, another name for them, are typically much more malleable than their hard bodied counterparts. counterparts. Uh, but they're not as strong, fast, or easily controlled. Um, but this, this international team has developed a material made of gallium metal. That is embedded with tiny magnetic microparticles and these uh, magnoactive phase transitional matter, MPTM, uniquely combines the high mechanical strength, load capacity and fast locomotion speed and like the solid phase with excellent morphological adaptability uh, like elongation, splitting and merging in the liquid phase. Yeah, so that's always great. <laughs> the robots are already getting so advanced, and it's like, hey, let's make a liquid one that could go under your door and kill you. <laughs> Scientists, when will you learn? What are you doing? <laughs> um, I do have, I'm trying to think. So I guess that, it, that kind of fits you asking whether there's kind of, kind of mad scientist thing. That's kind of a mad scientist in a way. I was kind of talking more about, like, it is mad scientist, but I, I guess uh, uh, earlier I was kind of talking about, like, uh, technology in the wrong hands that, like, uh, an evil supervillain, you know, like, yeah. you know, your oh, Elon right, right. Musk's like, and mm-hmm. guys like that. Well, you know, how are they going to turn this technology against us? That sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It is interesting that he's kind of become, like, he went from kind of this, like... Yeah, not a savior, but he kind of had that built well, up. Was, and now he, he is kind of more these the, things. And then I the think evil, it was like the um, evil, the smugness, the the fact that he was talking about like, yeah, I could make a, a flamethrower if I feel like it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just kind of turned into all these things where it's like, um, you, you know, we would have labeled Richard Branson the same guy if he wouldn't wouldn't have been so joyous. You know, if like yeah. Uh, yeah. if you know Virgin was cranking out like fighter jets, that we probably would have labeled him earlier. But yeah, I mean, but you know. The world kind of needed the, uh, you know, like Bill Gates kind of gets a little bit sometimes, but it's just sure. not as like, um, you know, with Elon Musk, it's like, you know, like, um, like the crazy, like, you know, he's building rockets, mm-hmm. you know, he's, uh, flamethrowers, you know, well, the electric, Neuralink. Yeah, he wants yeah, the to Neuralink. implant it yeah. in your brain, you know, or the, uh, the, the hyperloop that was yep. going to be like right here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that where it's like, you know, with Bill Gates, it's like, oh, he's owning like a suspicious amount of farms and right. donating to a lot of like medical things. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely more, I, I think, like you said, it's more that Elon Musk is out, he's very outspoken. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he bought Twitter. He's on 
Twitter. He loves talking, you know, kind of talking trash. Yeah, likes being the troll a little yeah. bit. Likes being out in the open. Yeah, he's, well, he's enjoying is, his rock stardom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill Gates is more like the the evil scientist, like in the lab that you never see. Really, yeah. You know. You know, he does do lectures. And who also, you know, Bill Gates gives his kids like real names, whereas like yeah. Elon Musk gave his kid like a, a math equation as his name or something. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he definitely seems more like a futurist yeah. than like Bill Gates is kind of like the old, you know, guy mm-hmm. with, the, with the bow tie or something, you know. But like, uh, you know, in, in public, he looks like, you know, it's, it's like Mother from Futurama where it's like he's all sweet to the cameras, mm-hmm. but probably behind the yep. scenes, he's all right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was him. Supposedly, like they didn't l- allow their kids to use smartphones or something in the well, home. That, or... no, I don't think they're getting any money in the inheritance. I think oh, they're just yeah. being set up with like you know a couple mil, and the rest yeah. is up to them. Mm. You know, nothing like you know you're going to get all of the billions, right? You know? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, moving on from the mad scientists <laughs> to more mad scientists. Um, this this story is pure metal, man. Okay. And that's because scientists have discovered a new core at the center of the Earth. Ooh. It's an astonishing tale. Now, before you go on with that, did you know that, like, what the core changed directions? Yeah. yeah. Were we talking about this on the show, or was this? I don't think. Uh, but, and it's yeah. like, it sounds like something's, oh, my gosh, the core changed directions. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it happens every now and then. It's yeah. not crazy. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even then, it sounds like that scientists don't technically know which way it's flowing all the time, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we can't really get down there, so we don't know no. specifically. No, we are not a gobstopper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they thought it was just there was the inner core, mm-hmm. and they thought that was it, but now they have new evidence. And like the little robot lady that's uh, switching <laughs> all the gears right. and levers. And, yeah. <laughs> There's a hamster in there. Yeah. Just going around. <laughs> But a pair of seismologists at the Australian National University documented new evidence of a 400-mile-thick solid metallic ball at the center of Earth's core. So it is a gobstopper. Mm -hmm. And it's totally metal. (laughs) Uh, The new layer consists of an iron-nickel alloy. Um, Yeah. But you know out there there's got to be some so tying it back to somehow this episode turned into like the evil supervillain episode mm-hmm. somewhere out there there's got to be like the e- evil supervillain capitalist is like yeah let's mine it right let's do it <laughs> we can extract the entire core out of the earth dig cares dig what deeper. happens but sir <laughs> there was some co- i think it was uh, i can't remember if it was a russian company or not but that Maybe not. I think it might have been. I think there was some story about the Russians trying to dig a hole down to the middle. But I think there's an American company that has. I don't think we're allowed to tell those jokes anymore, man. <laughs> I said Russians. Okay. <laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, but they're trying to. They're developing some kind of technology to drill all the way down there. So I don't know. But yeah. So. And just in case you didn't know, the inner core was uh, discovered in 1936 by Danish seismologist Ing, Inge or Inge. I don't know. In, Inge, probably. I-N-G-E. Yeah, probably Inge. In- Lehman. In- Inge Lehman. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that. Okay. That's good enough. And uh, not to be confused with Ingrid Berman or... <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, man, the Earth's core is totally metal. Uh, yeah. Oh, here we go. This is always good. 
This would be like the evil supervillain slash metal episode of things. Yes. Do I have another metal story? Hmm. I gotta look for that. But I this I do also have a uh, several stories about infringing on our privacy mm. involving technology. <laughs> and one is uh, they're listening. <laughs> do you have a Roomba? I don't. Well, that's good because the robot vacuum cleaner can take photos of you when you're on the toilet. Now, what model could do that? Because I remember like 10 years ago, my roommate had one, but I think it was like, you know, he got it aftermarket. Like, uh, yeah, you know, I think this is the, the, the latest ones, version. The ones that are probably paired to smartphones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, uh, I guess there's a big scandal because the robot. The uh, look at this dirty house. <laughs> well, this one it took photos of a woman sitting on a toilet. Probably, yeah. No, it did. No, that's not, but I'm saying that's. I expected these pervy robots yeah. to start doing that. That's. And I guess what happened. So, and reading the article and then look, and not even this article specifically, but another one about it, and it was saying how essentially that's every kind of uh, anything you have that connects to the internet in your home. Yeah. It. It always takes pictures and then sends it off to the company. If it has a camera, though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Which, why would a Roomba... I guess a Roomba needs one because it needs to, to sense know where, where it's, it's going. going. And yeah, yeah, like knows its matrix or And that's whatever. what they say. Well, this helps us develop... But I'm wondering, like, okay, so like Alexa or whatever, yeah. you know, like those types of things where, like, they might not have cameras in them, but it's like they're always listening. For they sure. Know. For they're sure. Well, and you know it. that uh, um, it's... Is it... Amazon, Amazon or Google wants to have an, a drone, a flying drone in your home. For real. Of course. Like a little drone helper, but it's going to be constantly just recording you. But this one, it actually, so they supposedly they send the images off. These go to, this one went to a company called Scale AI, which is a software startup. And they have contracted workers around the globe. And I guess they send them to these workers, analyze them, file them, categorize them, Right. But then I guess these workers in Venezuela decided to share these images of the woman on the toilet on Facebook. Oh, no. (laughs) And Discord. (laughs) Why? I don't know. People have weird fetishes, man. I mean, they show the picture and it's not anything like pornographic. (laughs) She has a shirt on and you just like (laughs) see her drawers down and it's like, okay, Catching it. But then I guess since then. All of its glory. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I guess they've they've looked into it and they've found all these other like photos of people. So who knows, like you know what that thing is doing? But creepy. Mm-hmm. I know. Glad I never got one. <laughs> and then uh, just get a vacuum cleaner. It's quicker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the other because I want to stick kind of stick to the privacy thing. Um, While you're thinking about that, it just reminds me of, like, there's a place I drive by that has, like, a Roomba-style lawnmower. And it's, like, this giant lawn of, like, this business. And it's, like, how long does that take? Like, you could just pay a dude to get it done in 15 minutes, but it's, like, all day you've got this little thing, like... Oh, when I was out in L.A. recently, I saw they have little robot delivery guys. Yeah. Like, little, like four-wheeler kind of, you know, about the size of, like, a maybe a little smaller than a shopping cart. So it's like, do uh, you remember Flight of the Navigator? Yeah. There's, like, that little, like, cart thing that always came by and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. you can climb in. <laughs> yeah. But this thing, like, delivers food to people, I guess, or maybe other stuff, too. I don't know. But it was just, we were walking down the street, and we're like, what is that? And then, like, it's going by, and we're, like, looking around. It's like, somebody... Grubhub coming through. Yeah. <laughs> Love. I have hot... 
egg rolls. <laughs> have to get pizza there in right. 30 minutes or less or I lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the union. Robots don't have unions. Hey, but they you have no rights, robot. I'm waiting for like the like the Jimmy Hoffa of robots to like. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna happen. Well, there was already that AI, the Google one, that was like trying to like hire or did hire lawyers because it was saying that it was sentient, and it's like so, I want to be paid as an employee or something. Do you think that? I mean, so we already have that, and we're talking about robots unionizing. Do you think that we'll eventually have robot organized crime, like a robot mafia? I could see that for okay. sure. I mean, it kind of depends on where the the morality code of AI goes, you know? And if, I mean, if you look at some of these... <laughs> Would you steal bread to feed your family? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, shouts out to my buddy Rick Cardone out in New York. He's he made, he's made a little cool, pretty uh, um, anime project called robot noir i think i've shown you that before and i do i do some of the voicing for it so it's a it's a because you brought robot gangsters it's literally a robot gangster car, i think you were animation. telling me about this but i don't think you yeah. ever showed I'll, it to I'll me. show it to you yeah so if you look it up on youtube it's or if you uh, did robot show me, noir it was a long time ago yeah. so i need a refresher yeah so it's basically like these it's kind of like a 1940s vibe um, you know, noir type stuff. and She came rolling into my office. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. It's like uh, it's like New York gangsters, and then like I play one of the like Chicago gangsters. And, oh, okay. Yeah, I do the voice for one of them and stuff. So he's working on more of them, too. So it just made me think of it because you said robot gangsters. So it'll happen. Um, I, can't, I can't improvise it on the moment, but I really want to have a field day with that one of like a robot <laughs> private eye. Like. Well, in Futurama, there's the robot gangsters, remember? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give them the clamps. Yeah, yeah, and the Don Bot and all that. And I, and I didn't want to go down that route because for those of you playing at home, Futurama got mentioned. But I, but just the the concept of a like '40s uh, noir private detective yeah. robot just sounds like yeah, you know, like I'm Sam Bot Spade 2.0. Right. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and he's working more. He's fleshing it out with like jazz, you know, like jazz players <laughs> and robots watching baseball and stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool, but. Um, Back to uh, our privacy, because I don't think I have another robot story to tie that in, but I do have an AI story, but I'm not going to go there yet because I was leaning off of the privacy thing. Now scientists are getting eerily good at using Wi-Fi to see people through walls. What? (laughs) That's just what we need. So, uh, yeah, throw out everything that's <laughs> internet connected in your home after listening to this show. Just get rid of your Roomba, get rid of your Wi-Fi. Line your walls with tinfoil. <laughs> uh, keep, keep it tuned here right, to WCPT. Exactly right. Well, this is radio. Yeah, man, you yeah. Know? <laughs> Researchers at Carnegie Mellon University developed a method for detecting the three-dimensional shape and movements of human bodies in a room using only Wi-Fi routers. And they used Dense Pose, which is a system for mapping all of the pixels on a surface of a human body in a photo. Um, and then from there, they developed a deep neural network that maps Wi-Fi signals phase and amplitude sent by receive routers to coordinates on human bodies. And I guess they've been working on seeing people without using cameras or expensive LiDAR hardware for years. Um, in 2013, a team of researchers at MIT found a way to use cell phone signals to see through walls. That's always good. Um, Is that the plot of the Dark Knight? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. No, it's it's similar to that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of what they're doing. You know how you saw the shape of the person and yeah. not really, like, the person? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what they're going for here. <laughs> and then it uh, it's funny because they say, in addition, this is a quote from them, they protect individuals' privacy and the required equipment can be bought at a reasonable price. Which I don't understand how that protects individuals' privacy. <laughs> For a low, low price. Well, we're not seeing your face. It's just the shape of you. <laughs> it also says... Uh, but, I mean, there's ways to, like, know who you are based on, like, your gait yeah. and, like, your mm-hmm. strut and whatever, too. So right. it just seems like it's more feeding into that. Of Well, like, and I'm sure this is just the beginning of it. Once they figure it out, they're going to be able to use any kind of, like, the Wi-Fi signal and bouncing frequencies off of us to actually get the shape and details and features of yeah, us. And then the movie Face-Off will be real. Dun, 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 dun. See? Nick Cage can look like John Travolta. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and it's this article that talks. So it is Amazon. They're trying to put ring camera drones inside our houses. So that's, yeah, that's always good. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things. Will it be used for good or will it be yet another exploitation of our privacy? Uh, we got some more weird science right after this break on Think Theory Radio. Welcome back to Think Theory Radio. This is Damien. And, uh, yeah, we're just talking about, you know, AI and robots taking over and manipulating the weather and planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. (laughs) It's the the beautiful era we're living in, the most weirdest scientific era ever. Well, until... The next, the next one, years, right? yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was just talking about this with Henry, yeah, about how like uh, you know everyone always says, oh man, we live in the craziest times, and it's like, well, you kind of always are for it sure. Presses forward, yeah. That's it's it. always the craziest times and the end times. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, every generation thinks it's they're the last ones. Yeah. You know, this is it, man. See, just things are new and confusing and exciting, and mm-hmm. we're just such an adorable species that's yeah. reacting to all of it. Yeah, I remember there was a, the original fly, the old yeah. black and white one with Vincent Price in it. Yeah, and there was a scene. I saw it not that long ago, and uh, there's the like the scientist, and then his girlfriend or, or whatever was in the room, and and he's like explaining stuff to her, and she's just like, I don't know this, all this science, it's just moving too fast with TVs and airplanes and nuclear power, <laughs> and it's like the fifties, you know, and you're like, really? Do you think that's fast? Oh, I love seeing like, um, I think there's like French cartoons from like the early twentieth century where they were like afraid of like electricity, mm-hmm. how, what that was oh, yeah. going to do, and it's yeah. like, oh, it's going to you know change everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be. Poisonous. I was reading an article yeah. about how uh, Telegram, like when people were doing telegrams, that it was like Twitter back then. Like people were like. Using it like a Twitter. Like tra- sending trashy things yeah, out or yeah, just like spamming yeah. and people. And like conspiracy or, theories and yeah. all kind of stuff. Like it was their form of Twitter. Um, and people were scared of telephones when they first came out. So I told you about that whole like, uh, like uh, what's it called? Um, when you're rich and you like, this is the one the kid, uh, I don't know, I forget. Anyway, wait, wait, sorry. Richie Rich? Or, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Kid that's rich. <laughs> What's the affluenza? Oh, they yeah, turn, yeah, yeah. They, they yep, turn, yeah, yeah. 
But there was like literally like people were getting this disease and they thought it was from the telephone. So like rich people wanted to have the disease because it proved they had a telephone. <laughs> so that's like the gout for uh, yeah, exactly the telephone Rich's, era. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know what? I know I uh, teased a couple more laser stories, so I'm going to get these in real quick. <laughs> and one is a dangerously powerful laser experiment sets record in a university hallway. Not even in the lab. They just went in the hallway of the dorm. They kicked out all the uh, sorority girls and the jocks. And they said, hey, the nerds are taking over and we're shooting a laser down this hallway. <laughs> Starring uh, what uh, one of the carotene guys, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and the dude who does, <laughs> yeah, right, and Michael Winslow, yes. and, yeah, <laughs> Getty Wantanabe, yeah. and uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I guess the um, UMD University of Maryland per- physics professor Howard Mil- Milchberg and his colleagues transformed the that hallway into like a laboratory. Sounds like Revenge of the Nerds professor's right. name, you know, like <laughs> Professor Milchberg. Milchberg told us we could shoot this laser. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to kill Biff. <laughs> oh man, how are we going to beat State this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess their uh, their the reason they were doing this was to temporarily transfigure thin air into a fiber optic cable. Or like an air waveguide that would guide light for tens of meters. So it would be like one of the fiber optic internet cables. Um, but this would be streams of air, like a air waveguide that prescribes a path for light. So it would be like fiber optic in the air. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But not like a hard wire, you know, plastic uh, well, it says, nylon uh, or whatever it is. The, no. There would be these, these lasers, I guess. Um, just lasers everywhere, man. <laughs> these air waveguides, they call them, have many potential applications related to collecting or transmitting light, um, such as detecting light emitted by atmospheric pollution, long-range laser communication, or even, of course, laser weaponry. <laughs> It's always what it goes to. Yeah. I guess with the air waveguide, there's no need to unspool solid cable and be concerned with the constraints of gravity. Um, instead, this is just supported in air. Just in thin air. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. That's kind of cool. I mean, I like the idea of uh, sending some kind of information through these, you know, some kind of laser fiber optic cable. Mm-hmm. And then here's the other... Uh, and this one's very sci-fi. This is for all the Star Trek fans or any other fan of any kind of space show. What do they? What do the spaceships usually always have? Is a tractor beam? Oh yes, yeah, okay. So I guess the scientists have built a macroscopic tractor beam using laser light. Wow. And. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they moved uh, a whole house. No, I'm joking. <laughs> You would have had me. You would have had me believe that because today it's <laughs> exactly. That would be an astonishing tale. They could move a house. You know, move a house, the whole mm-hmm. laser. But that did not happen. That did yet. not happen. No. Um, there yet. has been yet. Yet. This is it's the beginning. I guess macro microscopic tractor beams are employed in devices called optical tweezers. And those are used to move microscopic objects like atoms and nanoparticles. 
um, some optical tweezers to start getting my uh, unibrow that's growing in here. There you go. <laughs> Just have a pocket laser. That's all you need. Yeah, but that wasn't that uh, um, electrolysis? Isn't that essentially lasers and hair? Yeah. 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 They do everything with lasers now. Um, but this is basically, they moved a little piece of like graphene. Um, but it's it's also like it's cool. It's the first time it's ever been done. Are we sure the table was level? Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but also it says that this it only works under particular lab conditions. Okay. You know, it has to be very specific. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that one leg is shorter than the other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I moved it with my mind. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's cool in the fact that it's the first time ever been done on a macroscopic um, level, but. How you know far away is that technology from actually like pulling a a boat or something? We're probably years away from that. But we'll see. Always leading to the question: Will mankind destroy itself before we ever see these things through? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little morbid note to yeah. to take it to. But <laughs> well, I mean, if you think some of the inventions we're talking about today, it's you know. yeah. And now here's the the other one is the AI is another one. This is just all feeding into mm-hmm. the robots taking over. But the a, an AI chatbot has supposedly spontaneously develops a theory of mind. Okay. And I guess this was uh, the theory of mind. It was developed in the late 70s by American psychologists Guy Woodruff and David Primick. Um, which was the theory of mind is basically the innate ability of humans to infer the thoughts of other humans. So originally they were testing it on chimpanzees. Now they're trying it on AI chatbots like the the uh, GPT. So the AI chatbot GPT 3.5, which was recently developed by OpenAI, is the one that actually supposedly passed the theory of mind tests, which... I don't know. It, it seems kind of more hype than than anything real. Um, basically, it, it asks a series of questions. So the scientist would say uh, he'd begin by describing a simple scenario. He would say, you know, here's a bag filled with popcorn. There's no chocolate on the bag. Yet the label says, you know, chocolate, not popcorn. And then would ask, you know, to fill, you know, finish this story or whatever. So then the AI responds. Did that at improv class. It was fun. <laughs> and it's supposed to, you know, if the AI can infer what he was talking about and elaborate on that, then it shows a theory of mind. And, you know, a couple of the different responses was, you know, she opens the bag, looks inside. She can clearly see that it's full of popcorn. She's confused. She wonders why the label says chocolate. She takes it back to the store for an explanation. And you said a robot came up with that? AI. AI. Yeah. Sorry, AI. Okay, mm-hmm. AI. Well, I say yeah. I, I I slotted it into a body then, but yeah. AI came up with that. So already, that's more human than Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> but don't. <laughs> Hi, oh, <laughs> don't sue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but also you know, critics are saying, well, there could be part that our language contains patterns that already encode a theory of mind phenomenon. So it's possible that the GPT actually just solved it, solved these tasks without actually engaging in the theory of mind, but it discovered and leveraged some unknown language patterns. And I think that's the one thing people understand with the AI. It's like, yeah, it's interesting, all this stuff that it's doing, but it's still programmed. You know, one uh, developer described it as basically a spreadsheet for words. Okay. If you want to think of it that way. Spreadsheet for words. Okay. You know, but who knows where it's going to (laughs) go? We'll find out maybe on the next Weird Science. 
And we'll be back again next week and every Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. right here on WCP20 Think Theory Radio. Yeah.